0: you hear me every week talk about teachhoops.com slash 816 basketball just a reminder that steve collins has incredible resources and a 14-day money-back guarantee and a free trial to see all of those resources again at teachhoops.com slash 816 basketball you know there are a ton of resources out there on the internet just for you to be able to grow and learn as a coach again check out teachhoops.com slash 816 basketball he does an incredible job there and Billy Kegler at the Competitive Mindset Podcast. He's absolutely rolling. Check him out wherever you get your podcast. Great guest, great content. Again, the Competitive Mindset Podcast with our boy, Billy Kegler. And check him out on social media at Competitive Pod. And enjoy today's episode with Corbin Landers of Camden Military Academy. He has a lot of experience as a young coach. We can't wait to bring this show to you. So enjoy today's episode with Coach Landers. Hello and welcome to the Greatest Games podcast brought to you by 816 Basketball. I'm one of your hosts, Brian Rosefield, and I'm joined by my co-host, Chris de Blasio.
1: Thank you, Brian. Pleasure to be here as always on The Greatest Games. A chance for us to catch up with basketball coaches from around the country and have them tell us about their greatest game. As always, it's going be their time as a head coach, an assistant coach, high school coach, college coach, AAU coach, just whatever game they consider to be their greatest
0: and Chris de Blasio, we are going back to the well. I'm, I'm looking at our release schedule. You know, we've had a ton of former student managers on the show uh, from, from different universities, different colleges. Uh, like I said, we are going back to the well. A former student manager at the University of South Carolina. Now he has had a couple of stops along the way. And now he is the head varsity boys coach. And you'll love this. Just the good old private school basketball, the head JV coach as well at Camden Military Academy, Corbin Landers. Welcome to the Greatest Games podcast.
2: Yeah. How are you guys doing? Um, long time listener, you know, enjoy it, definitely enjoy what you guys do and is happy to be here. Thanks for having me.
1: Yeah, Brian. So a little uh, you know, we always we always tell the listeners so we chat a little bit before the podcast here. This guy came out and said he was a fanboy. Like, I didn't yeah. know there was anybody that was a fanboy at his thing.
0: Absolutely. That's uh that's Maybe that's why he got on the show. We talked the other night. No, no, no. It's a, that's a bonus that that he's a listener. Uh, I've known Corbin for a long, long time, and we'll get into. I know he'll tell us a little bit more about how I know him. Um, but uh, that's that's a bonus. It does it does feel good. It's a it's a is it a rush of dopamine or serotonin? I don't know whatever brain yeah, what chemicals when somebody says, "Oh, I'm a fan." Oh, well, that's great. That's awesome. So we appreciate. You may have that. to
1: pepper him with a trivia game of you know greatest games trivia contest.
0: Yeah. I'm down for that. Down for that.
1: <laughs> nice yeah. uh, so, Coach, tell us a little bit about uh, your journey and how you got to where you are there at Camden Military.
2: So um, how I started coaching was after my senior year, I finished in 2014, graduated from Master Ridge High School. Um, after that, going into that summer, I didn't really get a lot of interest to play at the next level um went to a few camps here and there um but you know just didn't really get a whole lot of interest so actually originally I was going to go into sports journalism I wanted to you know be the I wanted to be the next Stephen A. Smith or whoever on ESPN you know talk show sports radio um so my my unofficial first freshman year was spent at Trident Technical College um down in North Charleston South Carolina and that year I was kind of doing my introduction and becoming you know the, the next you know getting sports media so i'm actually a good family friend of mine he's the head basketball coach at charleston southern university barclay radio ball he and his son uh we went to school together and um i asked him i was like hey coach you know this is what i want to do um you know do, do you mind if i come in and practice and you know kind of be like a volunteer beat writer <clears throat> so he said absolutely no problem Uh, So I spent that year uh, 2014, 2015 involved in their practices, games, you know, I got to travel a little bit, but the more and more that I was, you know, showing up for practice and seeing how things were done, I was like, man, I can, I can see myself doing that one day. Um, And that, that, that year, that team had a a lot of success. And uh, once that season was over, I I, I asked coach, I was like, you know what, Uh, you guys really inspired me to get into coaching. You know, so what are, this, what are some things that I can do to get involved in that? And, uh, well, he said, well, you can be a student manager. And I was like, and I had very little information at the time. And I was like, you know, what just tell me what I need to do, what I need to talk to, and, you know, just and I'll, I'll handle the rest. So he got in, uh, he helped me get in touch with uh, the D- director of basketball operations at South Carolina, um, Is Andy Astley um and started that in september 2015 and you know lasted through august 2017 and you know during that time you know south carolina was you know going through a major major you know transition as far as successful play you know working under frank martin and you know being around guys who are in the league now pj Dozier, and Darius thornwell you know handful of the guys Um, and during that time at Carolina, I just, I really fell in love with, you know, everything basketball, you know, coaching, being able to, you know, just be with guys and just help them out and help improve their game. And around August, 2017, um, it was actually pretty interesting. I, um, um, was thinking to myself, like I can, I can really, I'm gonna see if I can put what I've learned to practice, you know, actually, you know, make it happen and see see where I can go and I I didn't have any particular school in mind I just wanted an opportunity and um our equipment manager Matt Cradell just pulls out his old school flip phone and the first phone call he made was actually the coach Rosefield at Ridgeview High School and um he said you know I have a I have one of our guys looking to get into coaching um you know is there anything you have anything available and sure enough um he invited me over got to you know see see the school for the first time beautiful beautiful gym beautiful campus and um spent two two years there with Ridgeview um some of the some of the best time ever um and then after that year spent one year down in Atlanta coaching Alpharetta High School then uh, ultimately returned back home to Somerville to coach at Somerville High School Green Wave spent one year and um and then found my way here um was able to land an opportunity here as a teacher and a full-time coach and now just looking to you know take what I've learned over the last year and you know just build um, a, a good place where kids can come and improve their game and just be better young men.
1: So really, the only point of having you on was for Coach Rosillo to pat himself on the back,
2: just a little and bit, and say, "Look what I've done yeah. measuring this
1: young men." That's
0: man. pretty much. I mean, I thought that was clear. I thought I thought <laughs> we had been. been thinking, yeah, no. <laughs>
1: Corbin, tell us about some of your mentors, not just obviously Brian you've had a chance to work with, but um, and Coach Radeball and just and some of those mentors along the way that you've had and, and what they've meant to you.
2: Uh, so for starters, you know, Anthony Weston, he's the head varsity girls coach for Pinewood Prep down in Somerville. Um, he and I connected when we when we first moved to Somerville in 2008. Um, you know, he helped me improve me as a, as a young player and as a young coach. Um, you know, we, we talk daily, um, he's a Tar Heel fan. So I kind of, you know, bust him a little bit about that. Cause I enjoy, you know, <laughs> the, uh, Duke blue devils, but anyway, um, he's just been unbelievable. You know, I call him my uncle, you know, someone who I really just look up to for advice. Um, him, um, David long, uh, the head coach at, um, Somerville high school. Um, it's funny enough. He was, um, when he moved to Somerville, he was actually, um, moving to the area as well. And he wanted to get into, he's been in coaching. He just wanted to, you know, meet, meet some of the guys locally and just help us out. Um, and then when I, when I was in school and then came back from, uh, Georgia, you know, he offered me a position at Somerville and, um, you know, he, he's been like a father figure to me. So when I, I talk to daily and someone who I absolutely love working with, um, Eric Stoneman, um, The head coach at Ridgeview High School, you know, he gave me my first opportunity to be on his staff and, you know, the things I learned from him were just, you know, things I I still take with me to this day. You know, I I just love his demeanor, you know, the advice he's given me, you know, um, I think he's one of the best in the state and, um, you know, just, just those are just to name a few, you know, those guys have really helped me, you know, it's along my journey.
0: So you've had a variety of experiences: Division One as a manager, uh, even well, even as a as a writer uh, with Charleston Southern, and you know just to bring it full circle here. Before I ask my questions, small world, Barkley Radeball gave me my first shot. As a student manager of South Carolina, he was who I interviewed with, and ultimately it was up to Coach Fogler and uh, all those folks there at the time. But uh, small, small, small world. Uh, so variety of experiences, like I say, Division One, and now you're coaching at the SKISA ranks. How do you, and how have you been able to boil down all of the things that you've learned and that you've seen, and make it digestible for? private school basketball kids in Camden, South Carolina?
2: Well, you know, I just I just keep it simple for our guys. You know, I really, you know, part of the daily things that we do is just to help reiterate how much each of our guys matter. you know, we use basketball as a tool to help build them up. You know, um, you know, the things that I learned from my mentors, you know, just kind of see how would they handle a particular situation and you know just to do the right do the right things you know you know I'm around them a lot you know most of the day so basically just help them just help them understand that I'm always going to be there for them you know on and off the court Um, as far as basketball goes you know just kind of tailor things to our personnel you know how how we can run defense uh, play play offense and play defense and you know, just really just make it easy for them, you know, and just also make it enjoyable. You know, I want them, you know, during their time here, you know, just to be able to look back and be like you know, I was a part to be a part of that team. And um, coaches have coaches always going to have my back. So that's kind of, you know, that's that's my intent. And I will continue to do so as long as I'm here.
1: Well, and then uh, Coach all I was working uh, for South Carolina at the time. Mm-hmm. Coach Radabaugh gave Brian a shot, and Brian made the mistake of sitting down next to me on the bus ride home from Charlotte after we got drilled by the University of North Carolina Charlotte, and started talking to me. And 20 years later, it's a stupid podcast. <laughs> <laughs> really, all Barkley's fault if we really want to pull uh, yeah. it down.
0: Thanks, Barkley. <laughs>
1: is, is that really what we're getting at? Is Coach Radabaugh's fault? Oh, <laughs> When so, you talked about that year, you, you kind of wanted to be a sports writer, really funny. I wanted to be a sports announcer, I wanted to be the next Marv Albert. That's what I mm-hmm. wanted to be the, the voice of the New York Knicks,
2: <clears throat> something like that. You know,
1: <laughs> but so I don't know
2: I, know, I don't know if you can talk Marv, man. You know, he I know
1: uh, I, that's what I grew up on, Marv. You know, I grew up on Marv during the Knicks games. That's what I wanted to be. Um, but so you're, you're doing the writing thing with Charleston Southern. What was their? You know, you, that year of was Coach Duckett there, Brian? No,
2: he, um, that was prior. Um, I had, I think, Ahmad Smith, uh, T Butters, um, and uh, BJ, uh, BJ Mackey was on staff.
1: Oh, BJ, okay. He didn't get the chance to experience Coach Ducket. That's something that's a fun I've time, but anyway, <laughs> was there, do you remember, a, was there a moment, was there something that happened, or you know, talk about that gradual process or even that one moment where you're like, no, coaching, this is this is what I'm here for.
2: So the moment that it really hit me was we were – it was right before the Big South tournament. Um, I remember um, senior leaders on that team, Arlon Harper, Sean Nimley, and on um, the crew, um, they were doing, yeah, five-on-five. Five, and I just saw how every dead, ball, every dead ball possession, you know, they were able to huddle the guys in and kind of echo what did they do well when they needed to fix. Um, and they called it solution based conversations. And I thought that was pretty interesting. And then um, you see the coaches um, coach Rader ball and his, uh, his staff, you know, really bringing the best out of their guys, um, you know, just making sure, you know, it's bringing confidence in them. And, you know, it, it, it wasn't necessarily like a play or a shot or a drill It was more so the family atmosphere that they, you know, they brought, you know, their spirit, their energy was good. Um, everybody was, you know, pick each other up and you it, it, it is, it is, it is, Even to this day it still sticks with me because, you know, that's what that's what we use the game for is to just bring people together. And, you know, their 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 approach was community and family and, you know, just really being able to trust one another and just play hard. And and I always I was I was so quiet because I just really wanted to see, okay, I would listen to what he would say and then just kind of watch it, you know, see his vision and happen on the court. And I was I was really taken away. It was pretty good. Mm -hmm.
0: That theme keeps coming up and up every time we do a podcast here and even back to episode 132 with the great J.P. Nurbin of T.O.C. Consulting and just uh, that transformational leadership instead of just the verbal berating and over. And it's it's fascinating. I was watching some basketball over the weekend down in Charleston and uh, watching different styles of coaches. And that, yeah, I'm, I'm a firm believer there's no right or wrong way to, to do it. Uh, and I think rule number one is be true to yourself, but also it's just fascinating to see uh, the, the different ways that it's done. And I uh, appreciate you sharing that story there, Corb. So, uh, you know, you know, the name of the podcast is the greatest games podcast. And so at this point in the show, we would love to, as long as I, as, as well as our listeners would love to hear about your greatest game as a coach or a manager, any part of uh, of basketball, your greatest game, Corbin Landers.
2: So the greatest game. You know, I'd be honest with you, I wasn't involved. I, I had trouble kind of pulling putting it down to one game, but even to this day, this game still gives me chills. It was um that same year working for Charleston Southern, um, they were actually it was a home home game versus High Point University for the Big South regular season title. Um, that game went into it was it went triple overtime. Um now, have you guys? And I gotta ask you guys: Have you guys heard of the? Uh, have heard of a player named Sa Nimley?
0: Only through a quick Google have I heard of Sa Nimley. That's that's my only experience with Sa Nimley.
2: I'm telling you, he's on staff at CSU now. He was their starting point guard. He was a big stop player of the year that year. So, put in in the context: two points in the first half, thirty six points in the second half. I mean, this this and he's five foot, he's listed at five eight. He's truly five foot six, I wanna say. He just put on an absolute show. And not just him, the whole entire that whole entire team, you know, that that was the it was electric crowd. Um, they had John Smith, I believe his name, um, for high point at that year, you know, was basically candidate one, candidate two for the uh big south player of the year. Um, but um It was awesome. I remember the the AC went out in the building and you guys know in the Buck Dome, it's really not that big of a place. It's not, you know, it's tightly knit, you know, everybody's on top of each other. And that game was just unbelievable. You know, big shot after big shot, big play after big play. And just the energy in the building was, it was indescribable. It was such a great time. And, you know, I was, I was glad I was able to share that moment with them because, you know, they earned it. And, you know, that was that to me, I always, I always tell guys, you know, when you can be involved with something like that, you know, you got something very special. And, you know, that was that was definitely a special game and a special moment. So t- I'm
1: interested about the air conditioning going out because I'm a fat guy and I need the building to be <laughs> cool if I'm going to be in it. Um, <clears throat> now, we've had Roseville, we've had lights go out, yep. one of the greatest games. That's right. We've had everyone get sent home and come back the next day because of a brawl, but I don't think the air conditioning go out. What yeah. happened with that?
2: I just I I just remember so, I think everybody just I I just saw people taking off their because it was it was in February you know everybody's wearing T-shirts everybody's sweating um, and then I remember one of the security guards um, my buddy his name's Reed um, he's a uh, coach Rated Ball's son we're actually we're really we're really good friends um, he was like hey man like why is it so hot in here he said oh we're trying to fix that situation but apparently the the heater, I mean the, the, the fan, the AC went out um and we're just trying to fix it. And I was like, now nah, he was like, nah, just let it go. We're we're rolling right now. So just keep it off. <laughs> did <laughs> you see
1: me. the play I mean I'm making a joke about it, but did you see the players really start to sweat more and exert like oh, did the coaches realize like, hey, this is wrong with the damn air conditioning? Oh
2: yeah. Oh yeah. Guy and you know Coach Raderball, he was wearing his you know his famous mock turtleneck and he had it all rolled up. You know, he was he was really getting after it. And I was like yeah this Something's going
0: on here. <laughs> I see you here just doing doing some quick research here, too. Ray DeBall is named the Big South Coach of the Year that that year. And you talk about Saad si Nimley, uh, 38 points, like you say. Uh, it was John Brown for a high point with 27 points. The Bucks, uh, uh, Charleston Southern, that is, a school record 19 three-pointers on 45 attempts. Now, back to that conversation that I had with Crystal Blasio, it was UNC Charlotte at 17 three-pointers. So, I know how many 17 is. 90, 17. What boat. did Joby
1: Thomas have, about
0: eight, uh, seven yeah, or eight? Yeah, it was r- ridiculous. So, just shot the absolute heck out of the basketball. It just sounded like, and I'm looking at a picture here, just like the place was just jam-packed.
2: It was it was electric. I'm telling you, um, you know, it was it was everything you you really hope a good competitive college basketball game to be. That's what it was. And, you know, these guys did an unbelievable job of, of finishing the race. And, you know, they they deserved it. They deserved it. And it was I was really glad to be there.
1: Uh, now, Brian, to tie it all together, there's a Gamecock connection with that high point team who was the head coach and who was the assistant coach who had been a former Gamecock manager.
0: Well, that had to be Scott Terry and in the, in the great Trey Brown.
1: Very good. I think that's Very my good.
0: second trivia question that I've gotten correct uh, <laughs> in in all these years on this. But yeah,
1: process. so a game Gamecock connection there. Scott Terry had been there for a while and, and had some good teams there at High Point. So that game is a, is a conference championship game, right? So Charleston yeah. Southern wins and they know they're in?
2: Mm-hmm. Yep. So they went oh. to the Big South that year, uh number one seed, that the conference tournament, the number one seed. Um and it was, it, it came down to the wire. They were, were the, whoever would have won that game would have finished the regular season as ch- crown champion. And it was, it was a fight. And I'm telling you, it was, that's, that was kind of, I guess you can put the cherry on top. That's why okay, like, you know what? I really want to be involved in something like this as a coach and you know what I mean? And it was, it was something special. I, I can't, I can't put any other words than that. It was something special.
0: Yeah, it, it really is. And again, back to my experience, over the weekend in Charleston, just as a fan, just watching uh, Marquette and St. Bonaventure's, who, by the way, is uh, loaded uh, this year, a very, very good basketball team. But it, it is it is something it's not it, it's it's special. It's, it's a little bit different than high school uh, realm, but they, they're both special in their own way. Uh, but there is something, a lot of fun about college basketball, especially as you get into February and, of course, March, because every game means so much, And especially in these mid-major conferences, uh, especially, I mean, earning a number one seed going into a conference tournament, that's enormous because that sets you up because you know you're a one-bid league. Anyway, you've got to win your, your conference championship. So everything's riding on that. So you're right. It is, yeah. it is really, really special. and makes for a lot, of, a lot a lot of fun for sure.
2: Absolutely, absolutely, and you guys definitely would have enjoyed it. It was it was. <laughs> I've been in the
1: arena for some of those games. I, uh, two thousand three, we got eliminated from the SEC tournament. We were not very good that year. We got eliminated from the SEC tournament in New Orleans uh, in the mm. first round. We I forget someone drilled us. God, we were terrible. And our strength coach, Design Darby Rich, had formerly been a coach at Sam Houston State. For a couple of years. And his last recruiting class were seniors, and they were playing in the conference championship game. Again, Southland Conference. It's a one bid league. And, you know, the conference tournament is at whoever is the highest, the number one seed. So we drove over to uh, Huntsville, Texas, and watched um, Sam Houston State beat Stephen F. Austin to go to the conference, to go to the NCAA tournament. And it was, you know, just this little gym packed. Mm-hmm. and just that atmosphere and that feeling. Man, if you've never been in one of those gyms to see one of those type of games and you're a basketball fan, you need to. It, in a way, it's better than than a game at the Dean Dome or, or one of those type, like, because everyone watches that. But like you said, being in that little arena and that feeling, that energy that is there is just palpable.
2: I'm telling you. I'm telling you, you can't beat it. You can't beat it. And, you, and if you can ever be in those moments as a coach, don't take it for granted, don't take it for granted at all on, on any level, you know, it's, it's, I'm telling you, you know, you get the best out of your guys. You see your guys really, you know, buy in and just enjoy the moment. Um, and then like I got said, like the second, it was, it was a tough one to come down to that. The second game with a pick, you know, you know, but being a part of Ridgeview's um, championship run, I'm telling you, I, I, I got, I got lucky when I whenever the coach gave me the opportunity, you know, I was, I was just looking to help out, but, you know, being involved with, you know, Ridgeview Blazers, um, basketball program is you know something I'm, I'll always and always cherish you know we did an unbelievable job with great guys um, you know just great culture everything you know coach Rose and on the way down man what you guys do is unbelievable over there you know and I can't wait just to you know see the success continue to grow and you know, it's, it's good. Better things are coming. I'm telling you, it's going to be. Hey, awesome.
1: Brian, you got to give my guy Corbin a shot. <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, if we did. Uh, Corbin, I'm going to put you on the spot here. And we have never talked about this. You talk about culture from your perspective as a coach, as, as a coach who was with us for two years. What, what is the, what is that culture? What is that culture like within the department? And I'm looking for the good and the bad. Like, I, I want the good, honest, straightforward answer. What's the culture like uh, coaching at Ridgeview?
2: Family, family, you know, the moment you step in the moment you step foot in the gym on campus, no matter what it is, you know, everybody is just, you know, you enjoy being around each other. Um, They know each other by name. Um, You know, they take good care of you. You know, just it's just good energy. You know, wherever you go in the building, Um, you know, during my time there, I just really enjoy being around the guys that they kind of help, you know, lay that foundation and, you know, kind of finding my identity as a coach. Um, you know, we talked about earlier, you know, the yelling and screaming. Yeah, that, you know, that only does so much, but just being able to communicate with the guys and talk about everything, basketball, non-basketball, um, you know, it was real special. Um, and uh, I was actually telling coach before we recorded, I was actually um, just seeing one of our former guys who's getting ready to enlist um, tomorrow morning, um, Jaron Green, you know, he and I, Obviously, you know, that's just one example of how, you know, family, you know, really just brought us close and it's just being during that time. So the games itself were electric. Um, everybody enjoyed being there and just our guys were just great guys. You know, they bought into one another. They believed in what we were doing and, you know, you, you would see how they would compete in practice and you would think, and these guys, you know, they really want to get after it. It's because they know that if if they got the, if they brought the best out of each other in practice, man, we can beat anybody. And, you know, just really seeing guys just, you know, not cheat anything, not cheat anything we did, um, you know, we were able to really put the work in and, You know, those guys, they really did it. They really did. And I was just happy to be on board with them. It was, it was incredible. Um, I don't think there's any bad. I don't think there's any bad. Um, You know, (laughs) I I took everything um, and, you know, to this day, I I still get, I still get chills just thinking about those runs, you know, being able to play in the colonial life arena and just, you know, be, be, be around guys who, you know, such as Malcolm Wilson, Waylon Knapper, all those guys, you know, the guys that really, you know, did things the right way.
1: Coach, we're going to end here on a final question, a little bit different. I just came, this one just popped in my head. Try to sum it up as, as succinctly as possible. What's the best piece of advice you've ever been given? And not necessarily about Basker.
2: See, the term family, we use this in our program because it's an acronym. Um, forget about me, I love you. You know, that acronym, that acronym spells family, you know, and um to sum it up a little bit, it just really is kind of our identity as a program here at Camden Military. Um, but I learned I got that from actually our football coach when I was in high school at Ashley Ridge, Coach Walker. He had wristbands made and um I saw one laying on the floor one day in the locker room and I just and I was like, Hey, what does this mean? And you know, they broke it down and I kind of, you know, put it in my pocket, and I was like, "This is mine now." So we're gonna just take it and run with it. Um,
1: yeah, I was gonna ask what you did on the football field. I was,
2: uh, <laughs> I was on the field. I was in the stands, um, <laughs> enjoying myself. You know, I think I would have. I think I would have. You know, made made our team look any good if I was on the field. So, I know. <laughs> our- <laughs>
0: Well, I I love that very much. Good question, there, Chris De Blasio, bringing bringing the heat tonight. Uh, just, uh, I just I love it. Yeah, I love it. Uh, Coach Landers, um, appreciate everything you say about Ridgeview. Well, again, we appreciate your service as a as a Blazer, and look forward to everything that you're going to be doing with your kids, wherever you are in this year at, at Camden military, but we can't thank you enough for coming on the show. It's been fun to you know, always learn something new. Every time we do a podcast, I've learned something new about you. So again, thanks for coming on the show. This has been great.
2: No, no thank you guys, man. Like I said, I enjoy listening to you guys. You guys do a great job. Um, you know, definitely look forward to, you know, the next one hearing this and um, you always got, like I said, you got a fan for life. So absolutely. Thank you so much for having me.
0: Well, we will send the check in the mail there. It'll be to you soon. But until that time, we'll go ahead and button this one up for my co-host, Chris de Blasio. I'm Brian Rosefield. And thank you for listening to this episode of The Greatest Games.